Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, November 15th, 5.44 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. December corn futures down three at 6.54 and a quarter. January soybeans down six and a half at 14.34. December Chicago wheat down 11 and a quarter at 8.07 and a quarter. December Kansas City wheat down five and a quarter at 9.51. December spring wheat down three and a half at 9.59 and a half. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. As always, leave me a rating, leave me a review. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, leave me a comment. If you caught some snow this week, uh, if you have some yield updates, if you have any sort of opinion on anything that I say here, drop it in the comments. All of those things will help YouTube to help me to grow this channel. Appreciate it as always, guys. If you'd like some additional information from me, visit my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today, guys. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central Time. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of, charts, graphics, weather information, all of my grain marketing recommendations. My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this deal. Yesterday's video was titled, Perma Bulls Beware. And this was not like a video where I tell you you should be bearish the grain markets or anything. Uh, I talked about the general cycle of commodity markets, how commodities spend a lot of time above the cost of production, but also at or below the cost of production, and how it's kind of a, a cycle that tends to repeat itself historically. If you guys are interested in this sort of content, uh, sign up today, 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time, no other fee, no other obligation, nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise, just a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Key Brazilian soybean areas are likely to see some widespread rain over the next 10 days. Some rains will fall in uh, eastern and like northern areas here this week, but uh, it's really like early next week that you're going to see more widespread accumulation occur. So Brazil appears to be in pretty good shape. Uh, planting's a little bit behind. Uh, Well-followed private group Ag Rural estimated that the Brazilian soybean crop was 69% planted through last Thursday. Uh, that's behind last year. They were 78% the same week last year. But uh, generally speaking, I think the idea is that they're in pretty good shape. They need these rains to continue, of course. It's early in the season. But everybody out there, whether it's USDA or CONAP or the private groups, they're all projecting record soybean production as, as of this point in time. Uh, Brazil's government actually increased its estimate last week. Now, Argentina is a little bit different story. They've been very dry. They did have some rains over this past weekend that helped. Uh, one agronomist at the Buenos Aires Grain Exchange told Reuters this. It rained very well, very well. Producers are preparing for planting. This coming week, there are no new rains and it will be hot. So much of what fell will get used up. Uh, planting in Argentina when it comes to soybeans are way behind. Uh, moving forward, your forecast for Argentina doesn't really offer much, just scattered rains kind of over the next 10 days. USDA did reduce its Argentina soybean production estimate last week, and there could be more of that uh, as we move forward here. 
uh, depending on what the weather does. Uh, just for comparison, you know, most of the groups have Argentina in that like 48 to 50 million metric ton range, and that those numbers probably come down. That's like uh, a third of what Brazil is going to produce. Brazil's, you know, 150 million, 152 million, 153, depending on which group you're going to pay attention to. So Brazil's the bigger deal, but uh, Argentina definitely matters as well. To get into the U.S. situation, U.S. corn harvest is nearly complete, uh, 93% harvested nationally through Sunday. 87% was the number last week. Uh, five-year average is 85, so you're way ahead of the uh, five-year average here. Still got a few states that have not hit the 90% mark in regard to corn harvest. Those would be Colorado, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Soybean harvest also nearing completion, 96% harvested nationally, up from 94 the week prior, uh, ahead of the 91% average. Uh, same deal here. You've got a few states that have not hit the 90% mark in regard to soybean harvest, Kentucky, uh, Tennessee and North Carolina. Winter wheat conditions improved again for the second consecutive week, but are still, I believe, the worst on record for this time of year. Uh, U.S. winter wheat crop rated 32% good, excellent, up from 30 last week, but still way behind the 50% average. You've got a handful of states with winter wheat ratings below 25% good to excellent. These are your poorer states, and no surprises here. Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Colorado, Nebraska, and South Dakota. That whole stretch has just been incredibly dry. Uh, winter wheat crop is 81% emerged nationally versus 73 last week and 81 on average. Large money managers hold their largest net short in the SRW wheat market since 2020. Uh, large money managers sold another 7,000 contracts of SRW wheat in the week ending November 8th. So they've got a net short of about 44,000 contracts, which is the largest net short in the SRW wheat market since June of 2020. Fund sold 40,000 contracts of corn on the week. This net long of like 222,000, that's still a pretty big net long, but they, they were big sellers in the week ending last Tuesday. Funds were small net buyers of soybeans. This net long of 105,000 is uh, what I would consider to be modest to, to maybe leaning toward large historically. The National Oilseed Processors Association, or NOPA, will release its October crush report this morning. Traders estimate ahead of the report that NOPA members crushed 184.5 million bushels of soybeans in October. If confirmed, that would be up about 17% versus October and about flat versus the same month last year. To see a 17% increase from September to October is pretty normal stuff. Seasonally, your soybean crush accelerates in October as these harvest soybean deliveries arrive at processing plants. USDA estimates that domestic Domestic processors or crushers will account for 51% of all demand for soybeans grown in the United States this year, and NOPA members handle about 95% of all U.S. soybean processing. U.S.-China tensions have eased a little bit, uh, reportedly, following this week's Biden-Xi meeting at the G20. So they met on the, on the sidelines of the G20. They had a meeting that was more than three hours, uh, reportedly. They uh, set a more positive tone in regard to U.S.-China relations, which had really kind of disintegrated following uh, House Speaker Pelosi's visit to Taiwan in August. China was not happy about that at all. Biden and Xi agreed to resume bilateral talks on climate change, economic stability, health, and food security. They still got a lot of disagreements, of course, uh, regarding Taiwan, technology, human rights, but this is seen as a positive for U.S.-China relations. Beijing described the meeting as being candid, in-depth, and constructive. The White House said following the meeting that uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken would travel to China for a follow-up. So I guess um, all is well again on the U.S.-China front to some extent. 
Ukraine plans to export grain to more poor countries. Uh, Zelensky told the G20 that the grain deal should be extended indefinitely and should include two additional ports. He set out what he called the Grain from Ukraine plan and urged all countries to join their initiative to help the poorest countries with food. This current grain deal is set to expire on Saturday. It's likely to be extended or ex- and expanded, possibly. Russian cooperation still in question. The, Krem- the Kremlin uh, said this morning that it would announce a decision uh, their decision on the deal at an appropriate time. But again, uh, Russia has not indicated that it would interfere with shipments. If it's not involved, they kind of said, like, we're not going to interfere even if we're not involved. That's the story right now. If that changes and Russia says that they will interfere, then that's bullish the wheat market. But for the moment, you don't have that big bullish uh, Black Sea headline here this week. Cattle market was uh, mixed yesterday. Feeder cattle were higher. No cash to speak of yet this week. We'll see what develops. U.S. dollars lower again. Uh, it looks like that has, has peaked, at least for the moment here, certainly. Stock market stronger. The S&P's up 27 points ahead of the cash open. The Dow's up 80. Bonds are up almost a full handle. Gold's up 3 bucks. Crude oil is off 37 cents at 85 and a half bucks in the December WTI. A lot of concerns regarding uh, Chinese demand in particular. Everybody have a wonderful day today. I'll talk to you guys Wednesday.